In any case, so there's just, there's just uh, numerous criteria to evaluate the performance of institutional arrangements. Uh, Elizabeth has said uh, has a lot of interesting things about uh, the question of gender and also minorities. Uh, detail is more interested in participation. Uh, Daniel has offered a lot of very interesting theoretical thoughts about uh, how to measure and how to think about the quality of, of, uh, of our democracies. In this case, I'm interested in something very specific that might not be uh, the most important issue when it comes to measuring the health of democracy, but it's still important to think about. And it's the spatial component of representation. That is where voters are positioned on a left-right scale, but also any kind of political uh, spectrum, but also their proximity to parties and to other voters. And in, on the top of this, and that's kind of the main point of, of what I want to say here, is the congruence between where voters are and where the parliaments and the governments are after an election. In this context, I look at the health of democracy from the perspective of proximity and congruence, and uh, I recognize that it's set aside a lot of very important issues related to diversity, uh, gender, certain uh, specific groups, but also some functioning of a democracy that are not related to the representative government process. But taking that into account, um, from, uh, again, because I'm supposed to be here more as a theorist to some extent, uh, there's some assumptions to this model. First of all, uh, I assume, and this is uh, specific to what I have to say here, not necessarily to what Andre or Eric would say, but that uh, we assume that, or I assume that citizens know how to position themselves on the ideological spectrum. Okay, maybe not very precisely, but in general, uh, we assume that if you ask someone where they stand, if they're on the left or on the right or at the center they kind of have a good idea of, uh, of where they are. Are they more progressive, more conservative? They might use other words to some extent, but this idea is largely uh, used in the media, for example, that uh, you, I think it's fair to assume such a thing. I also assume that citizens prefer to win an election. Okay, That might sound controversial for some. Uh, there are some cases of, uh, of, um, of, uh, of parties who have run campaigns for example, in Japan, where the point was to not win an election. But the idea is that, in general, people like to win, and that citizens prefer to win, or at least they prefer to be governed by parties that are close to where they stand. Okay. Um, so that means, in some extent, maybe uh, to vote strategically for not your preferred party, but at least a party that is close to where you are, so that uh, your polity is governed in a way that is uh, in line with where you stand on most uh, public policy. The last main assumption here is that governing parties behave in accordance where they stand in the eyes of the electorate. They, in, so the idea here is that if they make promises and if they position themselves on the political spectrum and they win, they'll try to stick to that position. It's not always the case, though there's a very interesting project uh, um, uh, related to party pledges that shows that Quebec and Canada actually perform pretty well. Uh, so the Quebec government, also the Canadian government, have shown in the recent past that uh, they tend to uh, fulfill their promises once they are in government. Uh, François Petri, uh, one of my colleagues for Mr. Laval, has uh, worked a lot on that, and it's actually uh, pretty good. We know we being the discipline, or at least some sort of consensus, that in general, citizens in a given polity are almost always normally distributed on a left-right scale. Most people are quite moderate, um, and they tend to be close to the center, maybe center-left, maybe center-right. But at least uh, a large majority of voters in most uh, democracies are close to the center. There are some cases where there are a bit more people at the extreme, uh, or, or a, a better, I guess, distribution along the, the spectrum. But in general, 
uh, most orders are moderate. And that is a good news for uh, in a representative democracy. It also happens sometimes that the distribution has thicker tails, so a kind of a concentration of voters at the extreme, extreme left or extreme right, okay? But that doesn't make the first, uh, the first conclusion false. It just says that in some cases, uh, you have a space at the extreme where parties uh, can, can, can survive, while in other societies, uh, it's not the case. We also know that party positioning is highly conditioned by electoral rules. Um, so that's the, the, the old stuff uh, by Tuberger or others, saying that, for example, in the SNP system, if you want to survive as a party, you try to stick to the median voter, probably uh, center. Okay? And there seems to be three, two broad categories of parties in the spatial world. Some are maximizing identities, are trying to stick to the middle, catch all, trying to get as much vote as they can. But in some cases, niche part, uh, players, especially in proportional system, but in Canada we have the Green Party, for example, who is, uh, who is uh, quite specific about its, its policies. Um, so you find a place on the spectrum, you stick to it, and you expect to, to get some benefits out of it. Okay. So this is kind of what we know. What I conclude from that is that, uh, from the literature, uh, comparative uh, mostly, is that Canada performs uh, relatively well or at least as well as other functioning democracies on that specific instances, despite having a series of characteristics that should make uh, it, in theory, a, 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 not a very uh, a, a good uh, case. For example, we, we have a majoritarian electoral system. There's an older literature that, that says that the proportional system should be better and making sure people are better represented. The, even, uh, even in the case of Canada, even if we don't have a proportional system, it seems that, uh, and Eric uh, Gunterman has done great work about that, um, voters are actually pretty well represented when it comes to, uh, to the left-right scale. We also have a quite salient cleavage structure in Canada, French, English, Catholics, uh, uh, other religions and things like that. Despite that, we still manage to, to, to do pretty well. And we have very few parties compared to other countries. So fewer options for voters to actually feel close to the government party. So despite that, uh, Canada seems to be performing pretty well. But they are in Canada what I call consistent losers, which are people who are actually losing their elections all the time. Okay? The good news is because we're in a federation, you have provincial, federal, even municipal elections, uh, so you have more occasions where you can actually win. And not only we have different levels of governments, but it happens that the partisan systems are quite different from one level to the other. So that uh, even if you have a powerful party at the federal level, you might have other options at the provincial level. But these consistent losers are growing, uh, in part because uh, uh, there's a multiplication of smaller parties in the recent uh, past. And, uh, and despite of that, the same party seems to be winning uh, most of the time. That issue is especially important in other countries. I think of France here. Um, think of all the voters for the National Front. Uh, they might have ideas that uh, some of us don't like, but it happens that people will lose their election all the time for 20, 30 years. Uh, they might change their opinion or their satisfaction with the system. So if the system needs to find a way either to bring voters who are at the extreme closer to the mainstream, or to find a voice for these parties. Uh, so, some systems in Scandinavia, Scandinavia, for example, have found a way to include more extreme parties into the government bodies. Uh, others, think of Italy in the 70s, managed to bring the communist parties kind of in the governing process without having them in government in any case. 
we have parties need, or the systems need to find a way to incorporate these consistent losers uh, uh, at some point. Still, despite the fact that Canada is performing relatively well, there seems to be a perceived dissatisfaction of a lot of voters and citizens, I should say, to be more uh, general, about our system. Why? These are just uh, ideas I have. I don't have strong empirical support or even theoretical uh, reflections about, in details about these different issues, but I just want to give you some ideas. Well, first of all, uh, I would argue that the left-right scale or left-right spectrum is losing its monopoly in our societies. We now live in a multidimensional world where uh, different, um, uh, different uh, axes play different roles for different people. Some are mostly voting on identity politics, others on economic scale. And even while in the past the social and economic scale was in general relatively uh, in line, it's not necessarily the case anymore. Think of Emmanuel Macron in France, for example. It's also a challenge to make sure other dimensions, identity, lifestyles, international trade and things like that are managed correctly by representative institutions because parties need to be in some ways consistent and if you multiply a number of dimension, it makes their work much more difficult. Also, and that's the something I think is, is, uh, is quite important to say, ideology used to be rooted in social identities. Okay? Being a liberal, being a conservative, being a social democrat or, or something else, or a, a Parti Québécois or whatever, had strong uh, social uh, impact, but also it has something strongly rooted in your identity. It's less true now. People, uh, citizens, are becoming uh, cons consumers of, of the of political mar on the political market, and this uh, this changes has important implications, as I will say in a second. In other words, being winners on some issues and losers on others situation we are now, might not be as rewarding as it was, it was in the past. In the past, you had your team, like in sports, and even if you would lose, you would still have some sort of strong feelings about, about, uh, about the people on your team. Uh, if sports was like politics, nobody would care about the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore. <laughs> what to do? Well, three little things. For, well, three little things. Three things. First of all, I think political parties must regain their role in socializing, mobilizing, and fostering political identities. I'm a big fan of old school politics, where, pol uh, where political parties are not only vehicles to govern, but also to organize our political life. Second point, the parties must continue to their good work, because they are doing good work, and making sure they, they are where most voters expect them. Okay, so there is a good proximity between voters and parties. Though at least that not too many become political orphans. Parties need to occupy uh, all the space they can, and they seem to do that pretty well in Canada. And finally, losers must win at some point, or at least sometimes, or maybe at the local level, I don't know. Our federal system allows that at this point, but we have to make sure this remains the, the case for uh, the long run to make sure the health of our democracy uh, continue the way it is right now. Thank you very much. Thank you.